0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram and I hope you enjoy this episode. Turning in the Alshech to uh, Parsha's Matos. So on the inside, that's page 1240, which is page Kuf Pei in the Hebrew. So what, what he's trying to figure out is... Mm. the difference in the way that the instructions to go to war are presented by Hashem versus the way Moshe presents it to the people. Famous contradiction between um, Moshe saying, Hashem saying, let's go to war for the sake of the Jews, and the uh, Moshe saying, let's go to war for the sake of Hashem. But in, in order to resolve all this, and most importantly to try to resolve the connection that Rashi quotes, that it seems that this is supposed to be the final act of Moshe Rabbeinu. As the Torah says, go fight the war against the Midianites, and then you will die. And what's the connection between them? So, od nasim lederech pa'amenu on page kuf in the bottom right. So he has one approach, and here he presents a second approach. Yiz l-mala I think this approach basically resolves all the questions on the verses. Woo-hoo. There are two kinds of wars that the Jewish people face. There are those wars against those people who want to make us sin. There's the wars against the people who are out to get our spirituality and our observance. Jews or non-Jews? We're talking about us. Um, so it would be... He's talking about war with non-Jews, yeah. So you're talking about non-Jews who want to make a sin, not Jews who want to make a sin. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about war. I don't know if we have war, with. we wouldn't call that war. Okay. And then there are those who come to war with you regarding life itself. Where they might be able to kill the the uh, body, the flesh, rakasnapsho nafsho of vlatama, but there is no concern for any contamination of the soul, ba because or because there is no area of contamination from any sin. gam kinafsho min gave to gorash baharog also. Now even though when the body is taken the body is no longer able to interact with the soul. I guess he's responding to those who want to argue that when you kill the body, the soul is no longer able to do mitzvahs as well, which is another way of, of um, stopping you from doing mitzvahs. Nevertheless, lo nifkama, it hasn't become blemished. Lo teader, milashuv, sana, But a soul that hasn't blemished, that hasn't sinned, returns directly to Hashem which is why the first kind of war is much more significant. Because they are attempting to kill your soul. Words, we're not downplaying the tragedy of death and that if the enemies come through a community, you know, these are the nine days where we've had this happen way too many times, it was way too many times a thousand years ago. Uh, and, and, uh, where they come through and they, they wipe out an entire community of people who are Shomri Torah mitzvahs, who keep the Torah mitzvahs. And the pain of that, of all these lost opportunities is tragic because those people are no longer able to fulfill mitzvahs. But the soul returns to God and is in the holy place. These don't correlate to Mohammed Mitzvah and Mohammed Not necessarily. No, because you can have Mohammed's Rishus which is about the soul, and you can have Mohammed mitzvah about the body. So the soul doesn't die. So. Well if it's blemished then it goes to Gehenna, that's its equivalent. Right. However in the second case when they're out to get our bodies shlohara grakesa all that's destroyed is the physical and this is the famous teaching of our sages we've had enemies edom the edomites we're talking about esav and who sent alifas and then amal but the edomites and they tried to kill the jewish people by the sword amalek as much as Amalek is our arch enemy and wants to wipe us out, Amalek just wants to annihilate us. They want Lahashmid, laharog, Ul Abed. Mitzrayim Amrud, the Egyptian said, Erdov Asig, I will chase them, I will catch them, Ar I will pull out my sword. The Edom Amr, the Adamite said, I will come out with a sword. Now these are still bad people, obviously. But Hashem commanded that if they choose to convert, we can't hate them. And a first generation Edomite, a second generation Edomite, an Egyptian, we don't marry, but by the third generation, they are part of who we are. So why is the Malik our greatest enemy uh, holding back the. They the hate life? us the most. They hate us more than anyone else. I thought the part of their purpose too. I'm sorry. They're not doing the most damage, though. They're they're not. But they are willing to give themselves up in order to... Now, the reason why they hate us so much, which is a spiritual reason, which is because they can't stand that we represent holiness and they represent the purity. All Mm -hmm. that's true, but their reaction to that is to want to wipe us all out. That actually... Isn't so bad. That's crazy to but me. What so. about the idea of korcha baderach? I mean, the, in other words, they make it possible for other people to attack us. So it's yeah, not all, the, just, all those things. Not are true. just that they want to kill us, but they make it so that uh, cause uh, you know. No, no. The, oh, you can you can add every, anything you want to it. It's still going to be for other people to attack us, for other people to kill us, for other people to this. Uh, but it's still killing us. It's it's their goal is to remove us from this planet, which is bad. But someone can step away from it and three generations later. It's interesting, though. I should say that because technically we don't even accept Garem from Amalek. He's more focused on Edom, which is the Romans. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just saying, even Amalek. But in terms of Edom, Edom, they just want us dead, and the same thing with Egypt. Well, I'd say if you want someone like the Greeks. When they the one who wanted to kill us, and make us sin? So the Greeks, uh, you see, the Greeks are, are post-biblical, so it's hard to make a comment about about the... Oh, but uh, I'm mean, giving the idea, because supposedly they wanted to stop free mitzvah, so you to Right, abolished. right. You, you have to figure out how the Greeks work. That would be a Hanukkah discussion, in terms of what he's discussing. Come um, on, it says, Lo sasaiv Adomi, do not despise the Adamite. Lo sasaiv Adomi. Ach asher Acha. But those who try to make you sin, meaning the Ammonites and the Moabites, Neamar olive regarding them, it says Lo Yavo Moavi. They are not allowed at all. Vitziva and therefore Hashem tells us to kill the Midianites. Okay, that was all the first introduction, which is the idea that the um, that we consider we as the Jewish people are more upset with those who are trying to. Um, take us away spiritually, than those who are trying to take us away physically. Now let's come to the main subject. The Midianites, they did both. Number one, they tried to affect our souls. They tried to make the Jewish people sin. With what they knew, God hates hezema which is immorality. In fact, that was their plan. Bilam said to them, I can't curse them, it's not working, their God loves them too much. But, there's a very simple process by which you can get God not to love them so much anymore. Their God hates immorality. So, send out your best girls and see what they can do. The Gamal and then that wasn't enough, but the women, when they would entice the men, would force them, um, you're only going to get this if you worship this idol. Now they were going directly towards the honor of Hashem. Shavir, once a Jew, worships idols. But Yisrael, they contaminated the souls of the Jewish people hem Himchelika Loami which is a portion of God above so their goal was literally to try to uh, and you know it's a little trickier you know let's take the land that we're living in today the land that we're living in today they don't have an agenda the country we live in doesn't have an agenda to try to remove us from our spiritual um, religious observance but society does society today, puts down religion, and makes you feel like you are ancient and closed-minded, and that if you were a better person, you'd be more open-minded. So society is presenting this danger, not the country. And unfortunately, many people confuse that. They say, living in America, it's a place of impurity, a place that's trying to... It's not really yeah the country allows it, but that's the same thing that allows them to say what they want to say is the th- same thing that allows you to gather and worship and we have to we have to recognize who the enemy is. There is a focused day by society at large, and I'm not focusing in on any specific direction or group of people, but there is a strong movement to try to get people to give up their souls Shainous, but at the same time, the Midianites garmu caused the Jewish people physically to die there was a plague that passed through the community and 24,000 Jews died we're told, were it not for Pinchas all the Jews would have died that's what it says, I did not wipe out the Jewish people but in Sophocles, so you should know, there's no doubt. Either way, and that um, speaks directly to Dr. Applesom's question, if you go to war with Midian, either way, it's going to be a Mitzvah. It'll be a Mitzvah to destroy them. Because if the Jewish people are dying, that also hurts God. And only because you know, we're not going to have class okay. next week, it'll be uh, Tishavav, but um, well, B'Av, but it'll be the fast of Tishavav. the the um, you know, The issue of you know, there's a lot of Holocaust discussion that happens on Tishavav, and it's it's for good reason. Um, I the <coughs> The world that is, there's a group of, a number of people or a number of uh, organizations that are trying to make sure that the Holocaust is not lost to the world. And one of the creations of the people who were focused on this movement was uh, Yom HaShoah, Holocaust Day. And I've discussed this before, but I'm going to say it again because it's basically where he is. uh, That um, many religious people have not accepted Yom HaShoah as a day of Holocaust remembrance, and I was once, I had the opportunity to speak to a group of Holocaust survivors, a um, people who were a lot older than myself, and I was speaking to them, the topic was, why do many religious people not recognize Holocaust Day, Yom HaShoah? And I said the problem is the impression that most people have that it's because they don't recognize the significance of this day. They don't take in how serious the Holocaust was. They don't make a. They don't understand its impact on the world and on the future of humanity and all that. I so said that is wrong. The people who made the decision not to recognize Yom HaShoah are people who came out of. are people who were from... The reason they don't recognize... And this is what I said to this group of people who at this point in the conversation were looking at me like they were about to... (laughs) um, I said, it's because they don't want anyone to think that the Holocaust was an isolated event. That it was one individual occurrence within the long span of history where all of a sudden these people came along and said, hey, we don't like the Jews, let's try to wipe them out, and that it's a stand-alone event. And Yom HaShoah, giving it its own day, means that the Holocaust happened independent of all other aspects of history. Rather, the religious would like Tisha B'Av to be Yom HaShoah. To be, and that is what they do. Religious people, um, those who don't recognize Yom HaShoah will have all the, their videos and their discussions and the Holocaust memorials, all that on Tisha B'Av. Because we recognize that it's part, they didn't start hating us in 1939. They started hating us in from creation, twenty four forty eight, when the Torah came down from Sinai, and even there, there have already been signs of anti Semitism from Uncle Asov and Zaidi Lavan, and, <laughs> and, and they, that's, I know, that is what they are, and <laughs> uh, uh, the, the, uh, and it's all part of part of our story, and that's why, and uh, some of the people calmed down, so to speak, didn't look at me as angry, because they saw where I was going, some of them were still upset with me, but to say, they will recognize and do all the things that people do on Yom HaShoah, but not on that day. They do it on Tisha B'Av, because they want, and it's based on the Rashi and Divriah Yam as well, that they want that we should look at the Holocaust as a piece of a bigger picture. We want the Holocaust to be in the same conversation as the Inquisition. We want it to be in the same conversation as the destruction of the Temple. We want it to be the same conversation as Haman's decree upon the Jews in Achashverush's domain, and in the same conversation as the Cossacks and their pogroms. We want it to all go together, and that's why they want it to be on, on Tisha B'Av. Yes, so. Before we <clears throat> well, the celebration of Purim. That's, that's where we were saved. You know, some, someone that I was recently discussing, I know this is far from our topic, but it's, it's important. Um, someone was asking me whether uh, um, someone who goes back to, someone who's a survivor, if they go back to Auschwitz, mm-hmm. should they say the bracha? of Baruch Atta Hashem, ines azah, who made for me a, a miracle on that day. Mm-hmm. So um, on the, in this place. So I this particular safer that this person was quoting says that you do make the bracha. Um I personally I have a diff- difficulty with um, the statement of the Rosh Hashanah ba makom hazeh. Okay, you survived. there's that. Um, it's hard to contrast that with all the people who died to call it a miracle. But I guess you could call it a miracle. But certainly, um, there's no communal celebration of those who survived the Holocaust. There, there, there is no positive aspect of. Uh, what we 've done afterwards what we 've done to rebuild that 's incredible I mean any any other people would have been devastated and lost and people people went straight out of straight out of Auschwitz, got on a boat and went to Israel or to the United States, and built families and they are now leaders of communities and it 's incredible it is impossible to imagine that we as a people um, and the, you know, even though not all communities were affected by it, but it was the Jewish people as a whole um, lost six million of us, and yet we look like we're we're doing fine. And Excuse me. Would you say that you know, an, an action from us Jews, something that we do, sparks that uh, or fuel, in other words, uh, fuels the hatred. That, you know, they have on us. Like, that could be, you know, a so thing. The, you know, we might do something wrong that, you know, wakes that hatred in them and want to hurt us. And so, so we are the one that, that that's starting these. So the, the problem is, you know, people have been trying for thousands of years to figure out anti-Semitism. There are many fine, wonderful Gentiles, really good, good non-Jewish people who have said, I really don't want to, but I just hate you. I don't know why, I don't know why, but I have this contempt for you, and they, they don't even like it because they, and, 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 you know, Mark Twain in his, in his essay, everyone reads all the positive stuff mm-hmm. of Mark Twain, that section about how great the Jews are like, like the stars <laughs> in the sky and they survived, there's a whole book that's in front of that. Little section where he says, Why do we hate the Jews? Is it because of this? Is it because of this? I don't know. If people say they're not good citizens, I don't know. They are good citizens. People say they do, they cheat, they steal. I don't find they cheat and steal. They use the system. But we're meant to use the system. That's what the system's for. So they use the system better than you. Why do you hate the sy- people? Because they use the system better than you. It's interesting. He's writing this 200 years ago and 150 100, years 100, ago. 100. Yeah, 150 years ago. He's writing that the Jews, not Use the system better than anyone else, which is uh, interesting. It shows you that. But the point is that that anti-Semitism doesn't have a simple answer. As which is many many of the Jews went there. They said the reason why there was a Holocaust is because you got all these Jews with fur hats and and silk and silk kaftans who are who are looking strange. That's not why the Holocaust started in Germany where the Jews didn't look like Jews. It's it's a it's. It's something that's deeply entrenched within the essence of our being versus who they are, and it seems that it's exactly the other way around, ironically enough, that when the Jews are Jews, then there is less hatred towards the Jews. When the Jews try to be like Gentiles, that actually seems to fuel and increase the hate um, uh, towards, towards the Jews impossible mm-hmm. well, because our faith is, there is more truth in it, and there is, it's more authentic. And right. Uh, the, the, that our the, faith is, uh, uh, in, as, as, is older. And that, uh, the, uh, the Talmudic approach to the, is that, that the reason why it's called Har Sinai, Sinai, sinai is because it's on the word sinah, which yeah. means hatred, <laughs> that with the Torah comes the hatred. And uh, there's a certain positive aspect to that, there's a negative aspect to that. But, uh, the Nitzv, certainly in his essay on anti-Semitism, makes it very clear that um, it's only when we fail to be who we're supposed to be, do we have issues with... Uh... Okay, so going on, and this is where we had gone off on a tangent a little bit, was, was that we have to know... That the Holocaust is not just a tragedy to us. The Holocaust is a tragedy to Hashem as well. And there have been different approaches to understanding the one of the greatest of all questions, which was, where was God? Where was God when six million Jews walked into the gas chambers? And that's the... It wasn't six million the gas chambers, but that's the way we asked the question. Where was God? And the answer is... God was in the burning bush. God is, as the, as the verse tells us in Yeshaya, I'm And we read that line again. When something causes the death of his people, it hurts God as much as it hurts us. And we don't even understand what those words mean. Because what does that mean, God hurts? God doesn't hurt God doesn't hurt, but God also doesn't become angry. And yet you understand that there's a metaphor in the Torah that uses that God... So you should know that Hashem appears to Moshe in the burning bush, saying, while my children are in pain, I am in pain as well. And he quotes a verse in Yeshay, Bechal Asam, in all of their difficulties, Lotzar, God is in pain as well. The Omar and he says, Mi yitain Roshi, who would give me my head? the ke yomam God says, I will cry day and night as chalele bas ami for the loss of my people. And I have no doubt that the Alshach who's writing this, is uh, he's writing this for Parshas Matos, knowing that Parshas Matos is always within the three weeks. And so whenever, these these are his drushas, these are his sermons that he would give. So clearly, at the same time that he's trying to discuss the story of Midian, he also wants us to connect to um, this time. <coughs> and so he's talking about how Baruch Hu being in pain, HaKadosh Baruch Hu being um, suffering more than any of us, in wh- whatever that means, in whatever language uh, that is meant to be presented. But the question, where is God, is more than what is God doing. It's a, an accusation. Why the hell didn't God intervene? That's really really what the question is. Right, the answer is because God's in the Holocaust. God God is being beaten and is suffering and uh, being tormented um, um, as much as anyone else. So therefore, I'm going to use these words, within the system that God put into the world, God is powerless. I don't understand that statement. I don't understand it either. <laughs> I think it goes back to what you said before, that the free will of the mind, no, yeah, Hashem not, will, that free will, Hashem doesn't interfere when somebody doesn't do right, No, no, that, that's also true. But the, the, we're, and that, that, that's the reality of it. God doesn't interfere with free will, even when it goes to an extreme. But we do find places where God has intervened. Right? We have miracles. So why didn't God perform a miracle? You're blind mm-hmm. that the Jews were sinful? That's what happened? I didn't say anything like oh, that. True. I'm not, I'm, I'm just yeah, saying, whatever, in the Holocaust, God suffered more than anyone else. Zohar, whatever says, we went Esh through. And they do a sin and they go into exile, Hashem goes with them. And it's right. sin. So but what you're saying that means the uh, next... Yeah, but this is something more. This isn't going into exile. This is the Jewish people suffering and now we're it's saying true. that whatever this means it's, exile. it's a metaphor, yeah, okay. yeah. But God is suffering as well. So, but he got out boring. So I think what people have the most issue with is boring when he's causing... Well, he's he's talking about when there is a cause. I mean, he's talking about the Midianites right now. gore mises adam when the Midianites are causing our physical death. That itself is pain for God. Right, but I think overall the underpinnings of he's, he's just using Midian. So the gorim really is God who's causing. Well, he's now he's not talking about in this context. He doesn't mean that Midian was gorim. He, he means that Midian that God was gorim Midian. He's talking about Midian being gorim us to die. But isn't that so. No, who said, who said, Men have free will. Cause when we talk about, um, you know, how, how could God allow the Germans to do what they did? Because they have free will, the Germans. The Germans were monsters. They were monsters. They committed the worst crime in the history of humanity. So that's free, that's free will. Free will is given. And it's there. Uh, the, the question isn't, you know, how could God allow them, but why didn't God intervene? And to that is God was powerless because God was in the, uh, Excuse me, I, I heard the story of a, a man who, God, we shouldn't see a day like that. that a father lost his uh, little daughter, and he was sitting Shiva, and a guy comes to him, he said, you pray every day to Hashem, you're a man of God. What happened to you? Why didn't God answer you? He said, God did answer me. He said, no. No, that's tough. That's, that's tough. painful, but that's you know, painful. he has the power to say that. Right. We can't tell the difference between what God permits and what God causes. That's part of our challenge. That is correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't know the difference between what God permits, allows to happen, and what God actually causes to happen. We don't know which is which, which is why the people who theorize, well, I think the Holocaust happened because of so and so, is making an assumption that God caused. Right? Okay. Our sages. Our sages. Hold Moshe accountable. Because why did Moshe not step in in the, in the story with Zimri? The rule is when a Jewish man has a public, intimate relationship with a non-Jewish woman, the zealous are supposed to just kill him. Moshe is the leader, you should have acted first said, but in a place where there's a desecration of God. Even though usually you're not supposed to act before the leader, before the Rabbi, and can cover the rabbi. You don't give honor to the to the But Pinchas rose up and he killed him. For there are those who say that there was a reason why Moshe was in a. Weakened state of mind. Kashaba Zimri is As the Gemara tells us that Zimri came and dragged this woman by her um, braids, by her hair. Veholicha Moshe. And he brought her to Moshe of and said, Zu Is this woman pro- prohibited to me or permitted? Amar So Moshe says Asur, She's prohibited. Amalo He said, Bas then who permitted you to marry a Midianite woman? You married the daughter of Yisra. That's the second opinion in the Gemara. But Yesh there are those who say, Kines Alma Mimenu ha'alacha. There are those who say that God actually made Moshe forget the Halacha in order for um, Pinchas to be able to receive the Quidditch. So there's three opinions. One opinion is that all three opinions agree it should have been Moshe's role to kill Zimri and Cosby. The first one says that um, Pinchas just didn't give him a chance. Pinchas just said, I see it, I'm going to go do it, and he he did it. The second opinion is that uh, Moshe felt um, dazed from this discussion and interaction he wasn't sure what to do because he was being challenged on his own wife that he had taken and the third explanation is that God made Moshe forget because it was Pinchas's thing to do <laughs> but what's bothering me says the <laughs> who said it's Moshe's responsibility to do it in the first place why are you making that assumption Shalkein Amru, that's why we say, Shabashim Kom Khilasham, Hashem, in a place with the desecration of God's name, ain't Chokin Kavad Rab, you don't have to give honor to the rabbi, Asa Adav Pinchas. That's why Pinchas did it. Why don't we say Pinchas did it because maybe Pinchas was the one who was supposed to? Who said that Moshe is supposed to do it? Baalobah Amramzal, our sages teach us, Kanayim Pogimbo, the zealous, are supposed to kill him. It's every Jew whoever sees it. So if Moshe was going to be a zealous person, then let him do it. so he says, "He or He says there should have been one of two people should have done this act, either Moshe or Pinchas. Moshe should have done it. Al because he's married to a Midianite woman. So people shouldn't say that that's why he was sort of uh, foregoing. And that's why he didn't do it. In other words, Moshe was supposed to specifically show. So assuming all people are zealous and anyone can do it, Moshe should have done it to show that he's not ashamed or embarrassed of his own actions and that he feels confident that what he did was right. Or Pinchas, and Pinchas also could have done it. Al-Kibar is because he's a descendant of Yisro, so he is the born of a Midianite. So he should have done it, which is an interesting idea that he's suggesting, that the person who has the biggest statement to make is the one who's supposed to do the mitzvah. In fact, the truth is, uh, Elazar, his father, who married one of the daughters of Yisra, he really should have been the one to do it, because he has both. He married, uh, but Elazar has an excuse, because he's a Kohen Gadol. And he can't become Tame by killing Zimri, and he'll no longer be fit to be a Kohen Gadol. So Elazar has a right to forego and let someone else do it. Ach or L'Pinchas, lo but Moshe, or Pinchas, was at that point not a coin. Geos they should have done it. He says, ve'eser yados na Yoser al Moshe. But then, what should have happened was, right now, it's all Jews could have done it. It's between Moshe and Pinchas right now. Because uh, the rest of the Jewish people are out because they're not really making a major statement. Elazar is out because he's the kohen gadol. That leaves two people to do it, and then Zimri shows up in front of Moshe. Al he brings her by her hair vholicha Moshe and walks her before Moshe. is panav with chutzpah, he says to him is she prohibited or permitted? more lo and then when. And Moshe says Asura she's prohibited Hikish He then compares his own base immoral perverted act to Moshe marrying Zipporah after she had converted. There's no comparison there. Valkane, and because of that chutzpah. Lo, ha'yamishpat ha'kanayis It therefore becomes Moshe's sole responsibility. He is the true kanay, because he should have shown that I am what I did was right and what you're doing is wrong. Because it was even between Moshe and Penchas, but by Zimri bringing this woman in front of Moshe and mocking Moshe in this way and comparing Moshe's marriage to this. That should have put it on after, uh, after the Torah, yeah. After the giving of the Torah, yeah. He marries her before, because Pinchas is born before. And there's no history of Moshe ever killing anyone directly. He might order well, The Egyptian, he killed the he, Egyptian. Oh, they did the first part. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. right. yeah. But after that, there was no... Well, I mean, he calls out <clears throat> the, the heavens and uh, tells them to swallow up Korach, but uh, do we find Moshe taking a sword to anyone? Yes. Um... He kills the mystery. That's the Egyptian. Yeah, that's the that's the example. That's right. What? He killed Bilham too. Who killed Bilham? Pinchas. Pinchas killed Bilham. So motion knocks Oak down. Um, he hits the ground. Um, he he really dies from a fall. So. Um, I, I don't know if you, you consider that. Right? Okay. Zimri himself was just in a um, relationship with her physically. There was no idol worship in his individual case. So when he was bringing her before Moshe, the people were, but he's talking about directly this conversation between Zimri and Moshe, where Zimri says, well, if I, if you can do this, why can't I do this? When the difference is, um, you know, between day and night, the, the difference between the two stories. So he says, Buhuch and Moshe didn't do it. Ki Rafu Yadav Kamadubar, he became weakened from it. He felt deflated from this challenge to his honor. Ken so Moshe needs to fix his failure. But Moshe can show that he's that he didn't um, he can fix his um, act action, the by going to war with Midian now he would show that he is really doing that he did the right thing and that he is standing up against the Midianites, even though he had married a Midianite. Al Kane and I want to focus on this. Avinu our Father in Heaven. Moshe because Hashem loves Moshe like a father loves his son. Amar says to him, I say Zos Efo, I'm going to have you do this. Ukshot atzbecha to fix yourself, l'sakin adavar, to correct the matter, but uh, terem before you come to your fathers. And this is an amazing idea, and I know we're uh, basically almost out of time, so I'm going to try to say this quickly, but well, let's, focus on this point as much as we can because this is an important point. Everyone here has a general task and a specific task. Your general task is very clear to you. 613 mitzvahs and of those, the ones that apply to you. So, for most of us today, we are not uh, king so you're not going to have the prohibition of having too much gold and silver and um, we are, if you're a you're not, we don't have a on mikdash standing so you're not going to have so we, we have somewhere between um, let's say 150 to 300 mitzvahs that are still available of those if you're not a Yisrael with a firstborn son many things will not apply to you but those that do apply to you is your general obligation that is universal and true for every Jew depending on the specific slice of Jew that you are However, every person also has an individual task. As a, a, but this individual task is not so clear. Rabbi Klein had mentioned this uh, yesterday, that you, you can figure it out only in the case where you are a, the child of, uh, of Yibum. So there you know, you can kind of look. But if you would know your previous life, if you would know uh, the construct of your soul you would be able to figure out specifically the things that you would focus on. And it would make things so much easier. If someone would come to you and say, you should know that your main major focus is honesty, and if you correct honesty, even if you fail in other areas, you'll be fixed, that would be great, because all of us would really do that. We would focus on honesty, and then we would be perfect. But then we wouldn't focus on other things, which is why it's hidden from us, because then we're, it, the suggestion is you have to keep everything in case that's the one thing you're here to do. So you'll say, well, if if, uh, if there's really one major thing that I'm here for, then how is that fair if I don't know what it is? How am I supposed to fix it? The answer is that Hashem gives everybody multiple opportunities to correct the major things in life. You don't get one chance, you get a number of chances. And um, according to one opinion, it's the, it's the thing which is most difficult for you, we don't have time to get into that, which is something that keeps occurring over and over in your life, and you just can't seem to win it. That's the one that that uh, is the one that your life is really all about. But he's saying, and this is Hashem's love for Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem says to Moshe, This is your one mistake. I want you to deal with this. I want you to um, take the vengeance of Hashem, I want and the vengeance of the Jewish people. This is for your sake in this world, so that and he carries on saying, We don't have time for it, so that when you come up to Shemaim, all accounts are paid. And this is another idea that uh, if we would have more time to focus on, the concept of coming up to Shemayim and still having an outstanding bill is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> now, there uh, so what you, what, you, what you want, and all of us go through difficulties in life, we go through suffering, we go through, and that's part of what Tisha B'av is about, the difficulties of the Jewish people. And they wonder, if Hashem loves us so much, why are we suffering so much? And the answer is, Hashem loves us so much, that's why we suffer so much. Hashem accounts for us, for all our debts in this world. Hashem collects from us a little bit at a time, sometimes a little more at a time, but the Jewish people, so that when we come up to Shemayim, we come up to Shemayim, and we merit to go to Ghan Eden to be free of all the, um, the difficulties that happens if someone comes up to Shemaim and still owes. And this is an example of what Hashem says to Moshe, finish this task, then you'll be ready to come up here. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast.